It was so much fun last night watching the State of the Union address, Biden's State of the Union, which is a sentence I never thought I would say. But the reason it was fun is because we had a watch party over on the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals. We all um, got together and live streamed it, commented in real time. And it was really, really fun. It made the train wreck, you know, a humorous train wreck. It's sad for our country that Biden's in charge of it. Yes. But watching it, um, I don't know, it, it was very enjoyable hanging out with you all and doing that watch party. So thank you for joining me for that. We definitely will be doing this again. That was a really fun thing to do. Anybody who did not join us and wants to get um, the full hot take experience, this is comments uncensored in real time. It's it's uploaded on Locals. You can go over there right now and watch it if you are a sucker for punishment and you want to see you want to see it again. You can go to lizwheelershow.com slash locals. And if you use the promo code SOTU, that is State of the Union, you can get your first month free on an annual subscription. So again, I had a really good time. I hope you guys did too. We will definitely do that again. My biggest takeaway from Biden's State of the Union last night is he was pretending to be a savior. He was pretending to solve all of these crises that he identified in our country. The problem is he was pretending to offer solutions to crises that he has created. They are his fault. He caused them in the first place. And I mean, you can look at, Look at how he was talking about economics. First of all, it doesn't seem that he has ever opened an economics textbook. He doesn't understand the basics of how an economy works here. Um, he talked about wanting to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, which we know, we know empirically hurts businesses, makes it harder for them to pay their employees. So they either cut jobs entirely or they cut hours and benefits so that they can compensate for the high wages. We know that minimum wage workers actually aren't the lowest income people in our country anyway. They are either teenagers or a lot of them are moms who work second jobs. So we're not we're not talking about low income people trying to break into the workforce. Minimum wage, by the way, would make that harder anyway. He has no idea how economics works. He talks about the high cost of goods as if this is just an arbitrary thing that's happened to us as the American consumer. No, no. This problem that you are trying to solve, Mr. President, you caused. When we have a high price of goods that's due to inflation, what causes inflation? Printing and spending money that we don't have, increasing our national debt. That's what causes inflation. And that's that's the hallmark of the Biden administration so far. I mean, he, he talks about how many jobs he has created. He claimed it was like, Six million jobs. This is this number to use Biden's to use Biden's own terminology. This number is malarkey because you don't get to claim that you created jobs when you were the one that destroyed the jobs in the first place with lockdowns, with COVID tyranny, with social distancing and masking and healthcare mandates that canceled surgeries. You don't get to absolutely decimate our economy in the name of COVID nineteen, and then claim that you created jobs when people actually are going back to work. No, no, that is that is self-destruction. Biden caused that. The same with healthcare. Biden claims that he wants to solve the healthcare system. He wants to make healthcare more affordable and more accessible. Well, who made healthcare inaccessible and unaffordable? The Obama-Biden administration through Obamacare. Our deductibles were unreachable. Our premiums skyrocketed. The quality of care as a result went down. This is a problem Biden himself created. And so he stands up there. He stands up there with, you know, he looks like he's in a wind tunnel. He and Nancy Pelosi are having a competition about who has the most plastic surgery at this point. It's hard to even watch him. He can't make a full expression here. He's talking about saving us, saving our country, all from problems that he caused. And to make it worse, you add in this dose of being condescending. He tries to be relatable to us. 
which I just find to be so insulting when a politician is, you know, politician being elitist tries to relate to us, the sorry people. They, they try to dumb down their talking points. And a phrase that Biden uses when he, when he tries to be relatable, he tries to just be an everyday Joe next to us, rubbing elbows with the working class. He always uses a particular phrase that I just, it just gets my goat. It, it bothers me so much. He uses the word ain't. As if, in order to relate to us, he has to use slang or he has to use bad grammar. So last night he goes, the American tax system ain't fair. And I'm like, Mr. President, you're giving a speech in front of the entire world. It's not the time to use slang. The only reason that you're using slang, you're not talking off the cuff. This was written into your speech. Every single word that he said was written and rewritten and edited and analyzed. This is, this is not a coincidence that he used the word ain't. He's using it to try to relate to us, uh, the dumb American people who need to be talked to in slang in order, in order to understand what he's saying. He needs to act like he's just one of us, sitting and saying, ain't in the diner with us. This, I know it's a small thing that I'm picking on, but this bothers me so much. It bothers me so much because I think it is illustrative of how he actually views us. He views us as stupid. He views us as children. He views us as people, semi-functioning adults who need to be talked down to in order to understand that Biden has come to save us. As if we're not going to also understand that not only are his solutions stupid, but they're addressing problems that he created in the first place. So that, that's my takeaway. And that doesn't even scratch the surface of the four biggest lies that Biden told last night. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. So those of you who watched the speech start to finish and, you know, those of you who weren't drunk from playing the, the drinking games, the bingo games that everyone was playing, um, might have heard Biden use a phrase that it actually made me laugh out loud. I, I actually, it actually hit me in the gut funny when he was like, you know, I'm honest. I always try to be honest with you. And I'm like, what? Saying this does not make it true. It just... It just reminds us what a liar you are. And he told a lot of lies. In fact, I didn't, I couldn't keep count of how many lies, but four of the biggest lies are really, really important because they shape the trajectory of our nation. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about my Patriot supply. Did you know that despite this country's broken supply chains, our empty shelves and sky high prices, two thirds of Americans still do not have food or water to get them through an emergency? At the end of the day, you are the only one that you can really rely on. In a world that's only getting more dangerous, you must be prepared for anything. The canned soups and boxes of macaroni and cheese in your pantry right now, they won't get you very far when your life is on the line. So prepare for tomorrow's uncertainty today with MyPatriotSupply.com. They're the largest preparedness company in the country with millions of American families served. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you will get months even a year's worth of food kits that include breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. Plus, they've got hospital quality first aid supplies, a big selection of water filters, you name it. They will set you up to be truly self-reliant. My question to you today is this, are you prepared for what's next? Visit mypatriotsupply.com to stock up. That's mypatriotsupply.com, mypatriotsupply.com. So Biden laughably tells us that he's, he always promised to be honest with us. And you know, honestly, 
Maybe he did promise to be honest with us, but that's a broken promise right there, sir. So four of the biggest lies that Biden told are really critical because they expose the Democratic Party for what it is and explain why our nation is so divided. So lie number one here, Biden claims that he wants to fund the police. He says, well, take a listen to it yourself. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them. Fund them. Fund them with resources and training. The answer is not to defund the police, it's to fund the police. Here's my problem with this. So in and of itself, that line is correct, right? Obviously. Obviously, the answer is not to defund the police. Obviously, the answer is to fund the police to make sure we have police officers and resources to keep our community safe. The problem, and this is this was my initial reaction when I saw Republicans stand up and clap for this, is he's lying. Biden is trying right now in the, in the lead up to the 2022 midterm elections that are gonna take place in November, just a few months away, he's trying to appeal to the center right. He's trying to appeal to independents. He's trying to appeal to people who might have voted for him and become disgruntled, or even people who voted for Trump, but he wants to try to get their vote in 2022 on behalf of the Democrats in Congress. He's, he's, he's pandering. He's lying. He's pretending to support a position that historically he has opposed, rapidly opposed. He's trying to dilute the radicalism of the Democratic Party, and we shouldn't let him because it's an absolute lie. I mean, Biden himself was one of the biggest propagators of the Ferguson, the Ferguson narrative, the Black Lives Matter narrative, this, this lie that police officers in our country are institutionally, systemically racist, people who target black people based on the color of their skin and then shoot them indiscriminately and are never held accountable. That is the lie of the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's pernicious, it's evil, it's demonstrably untrue. And Biden has been one of the biggest propagators of this narrative. Now, this lie that underpins the Black Lives Matter movement has been the justification for the Black Lives Matter riots, the looting, the assaults on cops, the arson that we have experienced in cities all across the country. It's also the underpinning of the defund the police movement, which is not just a slogan chanted by rioters. This is an actual policy that city councils across the country have implemented, taking money away from police officers, which renders police officers less able to do their jobs, which results in our communities being less safe. This is the high crime problem that anybody who lives in any kind of urban center in our country experiences on a daily basis. You live in San Francisco, how many times has your car been broken into? How many homeless people have you encountered? How many, how many needles from drug use do you see on your sidewalk? You live in Milwaukee, has, you, has your business been burned down? Has your business been looted? Is it actually safe to run a drugstore? In California, CVS and Walgreens have closed down different, different um, stores that they run. Why? Because people are just walking out of the store with loot. Prosecutors across the country, this is the other part, progressive prosecutors funded by George Soros across the country are declining to prosecute crime. Some of it's violent crime. You know, we, we, we read about the Manhattan district attorney who said that he wasn't gonna prosecute 
crimes, unless it was violent, and even if a gun was involved, unless there was an actual threat, a realistic threat to the person's life, you know, as the victim of an armed assault or an armed robbery, he wasn't going to prosecute. He wasn't going to prosecute the perpetrator. Or there's a threshold, a monetary threshold. Well, if you only steal $900 worth of goods, then you're not going to get prosecuted. So the criminals make sure that they steal less than $900 worth of goods. This is, this is the problem. This is the, the reason that we are suffering from high crime in our countries because of the, black, the false narrative of the Black Lives Matter movement has led to a defund the police movement, which has created an environment where criminals know they can get away with crimes. You couple that with progressive prosecutors funded by George Soros and supported by the Democratic Party as a whole, and you get a high crime problem. So Biden cannot stand up there and tell me, tell you, try to tell centrists or independents across the country that the answer is not to defund the police. The answer is to fund the police. When he has done exactly the opposite, he is an integral part of the problem that we're facing, the dangerous problem that we're facing. This is one of the biggest lies that I've ever heard. And I, I, I have faith in the American people. I don't talk down to the American people the way that Biden does. I don't have to use the word ain't in a scripted State of the Union speech to try to relate to y'all. No, no. I know the American people are smart and they see through this and we should call Biden out for the lie that it is. That's lie number one. Lie number two was about border security. Take a listen to this doozy. If we are to advance liberty and justice, we need to secure our border and fix the immigration system. And as you might guess, I think we can do both. This is the same exact thing. This is the same exact thing. We need to secure the border and fix the immigration system. In and of itself, that sentence is correct. That sentence is accurate. That sentence conveys the urgency that we feel based on the crisis that we're experiencing at the border. The problem is twofold. First of all, I was told that securing our border is racist. I was told that securing our border is evil. I was told that securing our border is xenophobic. I was told that building a wall was essentially a white supremacist dog whistle. Funny how when I said that, securing our border was such an evil thing to do, but now Biden's saying it. uh, Apparently, it's not such an evil thing. Double standards, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's, It's not just double standards. They actually think that they as elitists can play by a different set of rules than you and I. And it's obviously their tactic to call us racist. All of that is um, illustrative of the Democrats' strategies. But the more important thing here is Biden's words contradict his policies. Biden's words are a lie, given what he's done. I mean, you can stand there and say that you didn't rob a store. You can tell me that with your words, but when you're holding a smoking gun and a bag of money, and then I, I, and right outside a, you know, a convenience store that's been held up, I know that you're a liar. That's exactly what is happening with Biden right here. His policies, Biden's policies now as president and his policies when he was vice president during the Obama administration directly created the crisis at our border. So let's talk about some of these policies. Catch and release. Let's start with catch and release. What is catch and release? Catch and release means that if you cross the border illegally, you are given a court date and told to show up to your court date at a later time. Um, The majority of migrants that are given a court date after being caught do not show up for their court date. 
They just fade into the shadows of the United States. In fact, catch and release is worse than that. If you bring a child with you as a migrant, then your so-called family unit is released. Um, This has led, of course, to migrants bringing children who are not biologically related to them. These children are used as a get-out-of-jail-free ticket. These children are actually used again. They're part of these recycling rings where the child helps the migrant get across the border and free, and then the child is sent back and used by the next migrant. This is evil stuff. Biden himself, remember, invited migrants to cross our border during the campaign just a little bit over a year ago. Biden himself invited migrants to cross our border. Then you combine that with catch and release, you combine that, and by the way, this is this is perhaps apropos of nothing, perhaps it, it, it is perfectly relevant here. It was under the Obama-Biden administration that children were separated from their parents. Those, those horrible photos we all remember that the mainstream media used to accuse Trump of being evil, of children wrapped in those tinfoil blankets packed in metal cages, kids in cages, that happened first under the Obama-Biden administration. Biden is responsible for that. So we have catch and release, We have Biden's invitation to migrants. We have kids in cages that Biden presided over. Um, We have the Biden administration stopping Trump's remain in Mexico policy, which was the the counterbalance to the catch and release policy, which the remain in Mexico is exactly what it sounds like. If you come to our border to claim asylum, you have to wait in Mexico until your claim is adjudicated. You don't get to come here, get a court date, and then fade into our shadows. And then Biden's refusal to build a wall. He castigated this as racist. All of these policies that Biden has embraced, that Biden has implemented, they are Biden's policies. They created the border crisis. So when Biden gets up there and says, we need to secure our border and we need to fix the immigration system, it's just BS. It's absolute BS. His words are in contradiction of his actions. And it's not It's not a matter of, oh, you know, Biden has finally learned his lesson. He's seen that these border policies are bad and now he wants to change his mind. No, no, he just thinks you're stupid. He thinks we're idiots. He thinks he can pander to the middle by saying the talking points when his policies directly contradict them. And we should never in a million years, not only, I mean, maybe we are not at risk of falling for this, but there are a lot of Americans who maybe don't look at the policies as closely. Maybe they want to believe that Biden is acting in good faith and it is your responsibility and my responsibility to make sure that the American people know the truth. That's lie number two. Lie number three is as pernicious as any I can possibly think of. We're gonna talk about that in a second, but first we're going to talk about Genucel. Do not skip this ad. I know you're about to do that. Do not, just take a listen to this one. This is interesting. Gentlemen, you know that your wives use your razor when you're not looking. I do this. We ladies know our husbands use our skincare products when we are not looking. So let me introduce you to Genucel. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of Americans, both men and women. Until now, let me introduce you to the new Genucel serum with plant stem cell technology for under eye bags and puffiness. These are my two favorite products. Right here, we have the new and improved immediate effects too that goes right under your eyes for those bags that, if you'll notice, you do not see on me right now. This is the anti-wrinkle treatment, which is my other favorite product because, you know, I'd really like to age gracefully and not be too wrinkly. These products have worked for people all across the country. With Genucel's instant effects, you will see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. I can guarantee it. If you order now, you can save big on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. So go to genucel.com slash Liz, use my URL, genucel.com slash Liz, Order now and use my special promo code, which is also Liz, to save an extra 10% off your order today. It's spelled G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Liz, genucel.com slash Liz. 
Okay, line number three from the Biden administration. This one, I admit, made me the angriest of any of the lies that he told. Take a listen to this one. Just a few days ago, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention issued a new mask guidelines. Under the new guidelines, most Americans and most of the country can now go mask-free. And thanks to the progress we've made in the past year, COVID-19 no longer need control our lives. I know some are talking about living with COVID-19, but tonight I say that we never will just accept living with COVID-19. We'll continue to combat the virus as we do other diseases. And because this virus mutates and spreads, we have to stay on guard. So essentially, in the middle of Biden's State of the Union address, he took a break for a Pfizer advertisement. He took a Pfizer ad break. That's essentially what that was. Um, a couple of things. First of all, the idea of producing a new vaccine in 100 days, as Biden promised, is terrifying. I would never in a million trillion years, ever, 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 not ever, allow a vaccine that had only taken 100 days for production to be injected into my body. That is horrifying. That is not something that we should be proud of. That's not something that we should strive for. There is no possible way that you could know that a vaccine was safe or effective if you developed it in 100 days. So that being said, the idea that um, Biden solved COVID is laughable. It makes me angry to hear him say that because the COVID-19 virus is doing exactly what it would do, whether Biden had impose tyranny on us or not. The trajectory of it is exactly the same as it's always been. But the economic problems that we are facing, whether it's our businesses being closed down, whether it is a lack of a paycheck because we've lost our job, whether it is at, whether it is a slowing of our overall economy because goods and services ground to a halt, whether it's our supply chain crisis, whether it's our healthcare system, canceling surgeries, which makes people's health problems more acute, sometimes more deadly. All of these things were not due to a virus. They were due to the Biden administration and Democrat politicians across the country who were taking cues, taking their directions from Fauci, imposing these lockdowns and this tyranny on us. This was a problem that Biden created. He created this problem. And now he, he's pretending to fix this problem at the same time he says phrases, this is a phrase, he goes, there may be a new variant. Leaving the door, what that means is he's leaving the door open to reimpose all of this tyranny on you, on me, on our families, and our businesses, and our country, whenever it suits him, whenever he thinks it would be politically advantageous. Maybe today it's advantageous for him to unmask kids in school. He needs that win. Maybe it's advantageous for this summer for people to feel free before, as Walensky, CDC Director Walensky says, before we reach for those, for those masks again in the fall. But just because it's convenient or politically advantageous for Biden to pretend that COVID is over now, he's leaving the door open because he knows that it'll be politically advantageous at some point in the future for him to, well, have the COVID crisis be a crisis again. Exercise this tyranny over you and over me. And at the same time, as politicians have violated our liberties and destroyed our economy, he tells us, he has the audacity to tell us to stop seeing each other as enemies. And when I heard this, I, like I said, we were live streaming the State of the Union on, on the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals. And my, my gut reaction to this was, how dare you pretend to tell me how I should behave morally? How dare you pretend that this is a two-way street, that 
I am treating you like an enemy, which I never have. I think Biden's an idiot. I think the left who impose COVID tyranny, whether it's lockdowns or vaccine mandates or mask mandates, I think that they are tyrants. They make me angry. They make me, make me righteously indignant. I don't treat them as anything less than a child of God. I simply treat them as you would a tyrant, someone that you fight against, something that you protect yourself and your business and your family from. from. But to act like I'm the one treating you like an enemy when you have treated me like a diseased pathogen because I declined to inject my body with your experimental vaccine, which is not only ineffective, it is not safe. You have destroyed the humanity of our entire country by forcing us to cover our faces with an ineffective face mask. Children like my daughter are in a generation that has an IQ that is 10 points less because they can't read nonverbals. They can't see people's faces. They have developmental delays, social delays, speech delays because of a face mask that you force people to wear over their faces. To pretend that this is a problem with how we are treating you, that we should stop viewing each other as enemies when you view us not as people, but as pathogens. As I said, this lie was the lie that made me the angriest because what Biden has done with COVID-19, what Democratic governors across the country have done to our nation in the name of COVID-19 is this close, this close to what Justin Trudeau did in Canada where the gloves were off. An authoritarian dictatorship emerged all in the name of keeping you safe. Biden is this close to that. So he's not solving COVID-19. He doesn't declare victory over COVID-19. COVID-19 was going to COVID-19 regardless of what he did. And he's just putting it in his back pocket so that he can, he can wage this war against us again, spark fear in our hearts, if it suits him politically. That's lie number three. And obviously these are in, not, the order is not important because I think that is the most important lie of all. That's lie number three. Lie number four is, well, listen to Biden for yourself. Take a listen. Ukrainian ambassador to the United States is here tonight sitting with the first lady. Let each of us, if you're able to stand, stand and send an unmistakable signal to the world of Ukraine. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. We, the United States of America, stand with the Ukrainian people. This was at the very beginning of the speech. And when I saw this, I, I thought to myself, I actually don't understand why this woman accepted the invitation to sit in the first lady's box at the speech. She, this, this woman is the Ukrainian, Ukrainian ambassador to the United States. And I don't understand why she accepted the invitation. But putting, putting, you know, just partisan politics aside, like I don't care if she's socially liberal or socially conservative or anything like that. But just given how the Biden administration has behaved towards Ukraine and towards Russia, I would be, forgive my French here, but I would be so pissed if I were the Ukrainian ambassador, I'd be so pissed at Biden, I would never sit in that box. Because think about what's happening right now between Russia and Ukraine. Putin is invading Ukraine, waging war in Ukraine, killing Ukrainian people, trying to, he's, he's violating their, 
their right to self-determination, their sovereignty. He's trying to take over their entire country. And what, it, what has Biden done? I mean, he's, he's actually literally virtue signaling. He said, look at, look at all the pins that people are wearing. All the, uh, with Ukrainian colors, the Ukrainian flag. He said, it's our message that we stand with Ukrainian people. And I'm just like, BS, absolute BS. If you actually stood with Ukrainian people, then you had a chance to prevent Putin from invading, invading Ukraine. And I'm not, I'm not talking about militarily. I'm talking about two, three, four months ago, you as the president of the United States, Mr. Biden, could have not lobbied Democratic lawmakers against reimposing the sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Now, why is this so important? This is like a, a, a fairly nerdy topic. It's important because when Trump imposed sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which is the pipeline that, that from, from Putin to Europe, Putin wants that money. He wants to sell. He wants to sell that to Europe. He needs that money. When Trump imposed sanctions on that, what did Putin do? He fell in line. He stopped acting as an imperialist. Yet when the Biden administration came into office, he lobbied against these sanctions. He could have stopped Putin before this started, but no, no, no. Biden did not do what it took to prevent us from getting into this situation. So we've talked about this a million times on the show. We are in this lose-lose situation where either we send American troops to help defend Ukraine, which we don't want to do because we don't want to put our military in harm's way, or we sit here and watch while Putin, while Putin invades Ukraine and kills the Ukrainian people and destroys the nation of Ukraine. But we didn't have to have these, these, this binary option. We didn't have to have this lose-lose situation. Biden could have prevented this. And so I, I, I don't understand why this woman accepted Jill Biden's invitation. I don't understand why she thinks that America is on her side. Joe Biden has proved in the past that he abandons our allies, that his word means nothing. Look at what happened in Afghanistan. Our Afghan allies and even American citizens were abandoned by Biden when, when he withdrew from Afghanistan, surrendered Kabul to the Taliban, to terrorists. Biden's word means nothing. America's word, when Biden is in charge of us, America's word means nothing. So why, why would she take Biden's word for it when he's on television in front of the world? Why would she take his word for it when his actions show that he doesn't actually care about the American people or the Ukrainian people? And by the way, one side note on Afghanistan, Biden did say the word Afghanistan during his State of the Union last night, but he didn't say a thing about the 13 U.S. military members who were murdered by terrorists in Afghanistan because of Biden's deliberate choice to surrender Afghanistan to the Taliban. Can you imagine not saying anything about those 13? I mean, it's so appalling. I was almost aghast that he had the audacity not to mention them, the audacity not to invite their family members, the audacity not to honor their sacrifice when he caused their death. And so again, I, I don't know why this woman accepted the invitation. I don't know why she believed him. Um, we, the American people, also shouldn't believe Biden. He doesn't, he's insincere. He's lying when he says that he supports Ukraine. He, he talks a little bit about energy, energy dependence, energy independence, green energy. We are still literally right now buying Russian oil. We don't have to be. We can rely on our own oil. But when, when Biden said we have, we have released some of the oil reserves around the world, I don't, I don't know what this line was supposed to I don't know what reaction he expected this line to garner from us, but all it does is remind us that 
we are reliant on foreign oil. We are reliant on Putin because Biden has made the deliberate decision for us to be reliant on Putin. We don't have to be. But if you want, if, if you pretend that you want our entire energy infrastructure to be based on wind and solar, not nuclear, not fossil fuel, but wind and solar, you have to understand that wind and solar are also reliant on coal and also reliant on oil. And we should be using our own for that, but we're not. We're relying on Vladimir Putin. So Biden pretends to blunt our gas prices by releasing this, by releasing this, this reserve of oil. Well, we could blunt our gas prices if we drilled for our own oil. Yet Biden has made the deliberate decision not to do that. And even in the face of seeing what it means to be reliant on a dictator like Putin for our energy source, Biden still doesn't change his mind. The, these are some of the most egregious lies that maybe any president has ever told the American people. These are so dangerous, so damaging to our country, but they are so illustrative of everything the Biden administration is, but not everything. Biden could not get through his State of the Union address without talking about a topic that's really close to the heart of the radical leftists and a topic that has caused even Democrats to rebel against the radical leftist agenda. We're gonna talk about that in just a second, but first I'm gonna talk to you about Paint Your Life. So we wanna celebrate some of our favorite times and Paint Your Life helps you do that by turning your favorite new memories into art. We have a painting in our house of uh, two lovebirds. It's supposed to be my husband and I. It's cheesy, it's cute, I like it. And my husband taught my, my one-year-old daughter to point to this and to ask to see this. And there, she doesn't do this with photographs. She does only does this with paintings. It's like she has this inherent understanding that a painting is is forever in a way that photograph is not. So whether it's a birthday, whether it's an anniversary, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a sporting event, you can actually make that photograph permanently into a painting. That's what Paint Your Life does. Um, they're also affordable. They get to you in as soon as two weeks after you order. I'm getting a new one soon and I will show you. At paintyourlife.com, there's also no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. Right now, as a limited offer, you can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get the special offer, text the word Liz to 64,000. That's L-I-Z to 64,000. Paintyourlife.com helps you celebrate the moments that matter the most. Um, disclaimer, message and data rates may apply. Terms also apply. They are available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text L-I-Z to 64,000. So Joe Biden last night, in the midst of all of his pernicious lies, he could not resist the urge to talk about one of the Democrats, the radical left's pet projects. Now their pet projects is to sever the bond between parents and child, to abolish or violate parental rights and instead put children as the property of the state rather than the property of the family and the parents. And Biden talked about that last night. So when Biden, the, the red flag word that you should look for um, is always free childcare. Um, it's always affordable child care, accessible child care. Whenever the Democrats or the radical left talk about accessible, affordable child care, they are talking about taking three and four-year-old babies from, from parents and putting them in government-run indoctrination centers, these pre-K programs. Kids don't need to go to school at three years old. They are not old enough to go to school. These are just daycare centers run by the government. And what is the government's, what is the government's um, interest here? It's not education for a three-year-old. It's not simply providing a, a healthy environment for the child to be away from their parents for a short time. No, no, the government's interest is to indoctrinate the child in whatever agenda the radical left has. And so 
when when Biden is talking about how we how we structure our country, make an economy that can support childcare that's affordable for people, I think to myself, why are we not talking about structuring an economy that works for a family so that the father can work and the mother can stay home if she wants to stay home? That supports the idea that if a mother wants to work flexibly, she can also take care of her children. Why are we not talking about structuring an economy that works for a family with just one income? Because that's the best situation for our country. It's the best for the health of the child, for the education of the child, for the development of the child. It's the best poverty protection program, a solid nuclear family. It reduces physical health problems and mental health problems for the married mom and dad and the child. There is no social governmental institution that can compete with the nuclear family. And yet the Biden administration, the radical left is actively trying to, well, abolish the nuclear family as the Black Lives Matter movement claims is one of their goals. They are trying to sever parents from their children. And they're doing this by abolishing parental rights and instead trying to make children as property of the state. This is maybe the most frightening thing that Biden said in the entire speech. Now, maybe it sounded vague. It sounded a euphemism. It, it, it wasn't a big part of the speech, but that was the moment in the entire speech that my antenna just went zing because I was like, this is what they want. They want to take children away from their parents. And they, that Biden also pushed the Equality Act. You heard when he said, get the Equality Act to my desk. The Equality Act allows biological men who identify as women to go into women's locker rooms, women's bathrooms, to play on women's sports teams. The Equality Act actually abolishes biological women. It obliterates bio biological women in the interest of what? In the interest of radical gender ideology, whose goal is to destroy the nuclear family to destroy traditional gender and gender roles and relationships and marriage in order to render people dependent on what? The government, not their family. This is the cultural, and now it's morphing into legal battle coming from the radical left. And so when Biden said, I'm here to tell you about the State of the Union and the State of the Union is dot, 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 take a listen to this for yourself. So on this night, on our 245th year as a nation, I've come to report on the State of the Nation the State of the Union. And my report is this. The State of the Union is strong because you, the American people, are strong. We are stronger today. We are stronger today than we were a year ago. The State of the Union is strong, Biden claims. Maybe I should have included that on my list of lies because that's, that's clearly a lie. But here, here's my comment. So first of all, when Biden says, we're the only nation who's turned every crisis we face into an opportunity, I thought to myself, yeah, yeah, you are the only, not the only president, but the, the Democrats are the party that turns every crisis that they can manufacture into an opportunity to push their own radical leftist agenda. That, in fact, is true. But my thought was, is there anybody listening, anybody in our country who believes that the state of our union is strong? Is there anybody who believes that they are better off now, today, than they were one year ago or one year ago in three months when, when Trump was president? Is there anybody who actually believes that we are stronger now than we were a year ago? Because I cannot name a single area, a single thing, a single thing that, that would, a single area where we are better off now than we were a year ago or 15 months ago. I cannot name one thing that Biden has improved. Not one thing. And the American people, people know this. People, we aren't stupid. People understand. We fill up our own gas tanks. We see how expensive that is. We go to the grocery stores ourselves. We see how expensive food is. We understand that our savings has taken a hit 
that our restaurants maybe are closed, that we've lost our jobs, that our kids are developmentally delayed, they have educational loss, they are masked. We see all of these things for ourselves. We know the state of our union. We know the state of our union is not strong. And the reason it is not strong is because of Joe Biden. So circling back to the beginning here, Joe Biden pretends to be the savior in this speech, saving us from problems he created. Mr. Biden, you can't fool us. People know, we know that the state of our union is not strong and it is directly because of your deliberate choices. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Production and talent coordinator, Matt Toffler. And senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.